Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swam, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by the wonderful Andrea. I said that right. Hi, from you did. The Senior Community <laughs> Director at ScalePad. How are you doing? I am I'm doing well. I uh, uh, am also uh, excited to talk to you again about a topic that I feel like I'm an expert at. You're an expert at. All right. I'm Let's an expert. Right I, I mean, I did. So I... Uh, I did get a degree um, in social work. Uh, fun fact about me: I do not have a degree in marketing, business, um, technology. I got my degree in social work, and I talk about it all the time that everything happens for a reason, right? You never know where you're going to be. But I did learn a lot about um, like the power of of empathy and engagement uh, when I was working in the social work field as brief as it was. And um, it translates a lot into the corporate world. Um, a lot yeah. of the techniques that you use when you listen to someone um, who has problems or who needs help is the same as in the technology world. It just transfers really well. As somebody who's completely ignorant of what social work is, can you explain what that is? Yeah. Well, it's, so social work can encompass many things. Um, and, and there's a, a few different fields that you can go down if you do have a degree in social work. Um, one could be around children and um, protecting them, making sure that they're safe. Um, in schools as well, social workers are also used to um, help out with uh, counseling and um, making sure, you know, like, again, children are safe, laws are followed, all that stuff. Um, and then it could also go up to, you know, group homes or um, managing um, benefits for, you know, the elderly. Um, social work is really just focused around um, social improvement and mm. uh, in, from children to the elderly and, and making sure that they're safe. But a lot of times you have hard conversations with people. And that was really why I decided not to do it um, moving forward is because I took on a lot of those conversations and, um brought them into my own life. And I think you have to have uh, an ability to compartmentalize that kind of stuff. I do not. I figured that out mm. very quickly. Um, but I do have the skills, I think, still um, that have, have definitely helped me be where I'm at today. How has that translated to being a community manager and you know, not only working with uh, other professionals in your own organization and other organizations, but also your clients? How is it? How are those conversations similar uh, in your mind? Yeah, so we, you know, it, when you when you're trying to, you know, learn how to be a good social worker, you're really learning how to listen, um, pinpointing areas of problems, figuring out in your head how you can solve them through, um, you know, social tools and and funding and all that stuff. And the same is for for now, like. Uh, in the in a community and, and traveling at events and things like that, um, really just listening to our partners, seeing their problems, understand trying to understand them and figuring out a solution that can help them, even if I can't. And and I'm always the first person that says, um, I'm not technical. I'm not technical. I may not fully understand what's going on, but I can find the right person for you to understand your problem and we can connect those dots. 
really about connecting the dots for people and making them feel seen and heard. I definitely, I guess, understand that is the best sales conversations are just actually listening. And sometimes that means calling potential clients on some BS they're throwing your way. And mm. other times that's enlightening them and saying, have you thought about this or that? How is this really going to impact your business? Why are we here? Because then honestly, that's, when I used to do the sales, that turned into conversations of, well, my boss said I needed to evaluate three tools. I already know which one I'm going to buy, but I had to evaluate you. So, great. Why uh, am I here? <laughs> yeah. Just tell your boss you evaluated us and um, can we go? <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need to waste your time. You don't need to waste mine. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, it's like actually getting to the heart of why are we here? It's like, you want to spend time with me. That's already weird. So <laughs> yeah, please tell me it's like, ah, why, what's going on? Why are you, yeah, why are you so weird? <laughs> I, um, you know, I think you don't need to go to school to be a good listener. I think people just innately have it in them. And um, all the tools that I've probably learned through this degree are things that you just learn by doing, right? Um, but there's some people who really don't have it. And you can tell almost immediately that, um, one, they're not listening. Two, you know, won't be, there's no end to this conversation. There's no, um, you know, light at the tunnel. They're not going to solve a problem for you. Um, uh, you can tell almost immediately. And so um, the more self-aware you are, uh, I feel like you have a better opportunity to become more successful and not just community. I think in any world, um, even as a business owner too, the more self-aware that you you are, the easier that it is to um, admit that you're wrong. And then also to say, um, here's where I could have done better or here's where and, and identify the problems. How do you recognize when somebody's not really listening to you? They're just <laughs> the way I've heard it phrased. Like, they're just waiting to. They're not listening. They're waiting to respond, right? Yeah, I mean, and you, you travel a lot. You go to a lot of events. Um, yeah. There's a lot of the times where you sh you'll be at a booth and um, uh, an attendee of the event will come up and um, not really want to know what you do, right? They just they don't really care. They're either trying to like get a piece of swag or they're trying to, um, you know, stamp a bat or something like that. Right. Um, and so they ask to be polite. They'll ask, you know, like, what is it that you do? And there's just nothing behind the eyes. Eh? You can just immediately see that there's nothing, there's no conversation to be had. Maybe something might spark them. Um, and so in those times I keep it light and I keep it fun. And I'm like, well, so where are you from? What do you do? What, what part of what part of the world are you from? Uh, what uh, what do you like to do for fun? And they immediately are like more. It's it loosens the conversation up a little bit, and it helps with. Oh, I'm not listening. I I'm, I'm just here for for the X, Y, and Z, right? And it and it brings a more authentic conversation rather than. And if they don't want to buy, or they don't want to you know hear about Scalepad, that's totally cool too. But we just had a really cool conversation, and that's that's about it. <laughs> But you can tell. Sense. I feel like it's very obvious when someone um, isn't listening to you. Also, if they're they're continuing to say the same thing over and over again, um, and they haven't really heard what you've said, um, they're not able to add to it or to uh, find help you find a solution. They're not. They're not listening to you. I've had. I've had that too. I'll call that out right away. Whether it's at a conference, I'll actually say, "Are you just here for a t-shirt?" Like, I'll give you a t-shirt, <laughs> and they're like. Yeah, I just, the t-shirt's cool. Can I have one? It's like, you want two? Here, go away. Like, 
don't waste your time with me. You don't need to. Don't feel like you need to. And the yeah. other, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say that's why people that's why people gravitate towards you, and that's why um, you've kind of created your own. You know, not your personal brand. It's who you are. It's uh, someone comes up to their booth. They know that you guys are cool. They're no. They know you're not going to be these. They're be, not going to be down their throats. You're just like, hey, we're we're here. We hope you have a good time. You want to mm-hmm. learn about us? That's cool too, and that's just authentically you. I remember one of the first experiences I had in the industry at a conference was almost three years ago, and me and um, a bunch of other other vendors who I was friends with were at some kind of uh, event sponsored after party. Right, all of they, those all exist. Right, it's where are the free drinks tonight? That's where we're going to end up. Right, yeah. So we're all there early. Uh, and we're just hanging around, catching up. These are legitimately, all of us are friends. We talk to each other all the time. We <laughs> fly around the nation meeting each other. I see them more than I see a lot of my friends because they're at all the conferences I'm at. And this person who we have no idea who they are comes up to us, like ducks under one of our arms because we're all in a circle and starts trying to scan our badges at this after party. And all of us oh, stop. Wow. Yeah. And we're like, hey, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but none of us are attendees here. Like we're all a vendor like you, like we're not the audience. Like you should just go stop wasting your time. Stop wasting our time. And, um, this individual's response, and I'm not going to name the vendor and I'm not going to name the individual was, I know that I have a quota. And if I don't get that, I'm in trouble. And then my response was, all right, fine. Yeah. Scan it (laughs) here. Have my badge, (laughs) but you should go tell your boss that like, that's the exact opposite way of generating like booth traffic and interest is like, this is going to leave such a sour taste in all of our mouths and every person you've talked to smell. And they were like, I don't care. I don't care. I have to do this. Okay. Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you, but it was, so I remember that like vividly. And then like, we talked, we still talk about it to this day. Hey, you remember that one time? And everyone's like, yeah, that was weird. Remember that one guy? (laughs) No, I I feel like that happens often. And uh, I've seen just like, even at the bar, um, after an event's over, you know, like vendors are down there trying to scan attendees' badges. It's like we're like having a drink. Everyone's trying to relax after a long day of, you know, content and talking to each other. Like they're just trying to relax and you're getting their badges. You're not even having a, a real, if you were following up with them or like you met someone and, and you were having a great conversation or they wanted to know more, that's one thing. But if you're just going around like, oh, hey, d- nice to meet you. Can I scan your badge? No, please don't. Please don't. Yeah. I always try to tell my team, it's like, these people need to actually be interested. It's like, don't scan their badge and blow them. Don't waste your time following up with them if they're not serious. And the best way in my mind to figure out if somebody's really serious about having a conversation with you, you give them your information and you say you follow up. And if they're not willing to do that, you either don't have them at the right time, they don't have the right level of interest, or... Something else is going on and there's something else pressing and they need to go take care of that in any scenario, probably not worth your time or their time at yeah. the current moment. Yeah, that's very true. I think events are a really great place to to grow your network and to um, you know have people learn who you are and um, meet new people. But um, you know, word of mouth is something that uh, cannot be <laughs> underwritten. I've had um, a lot of... Uh, vendors actually like talk to other vendors and say, Oh, you should talk to this person. You should talk to Andrea because she is doing this and really helping me grow my network. And, um, when you create authentic relationships with people, I think the, 
the word of mouth part of it is is just second second nature because people want to help you out. They want to help you grow. They want to help you learn. Um, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely true. What are um what are some challenges with growing your personal brand uh, like that through those conversations, or what are some drawbacks that that could potentially have? You know, I st- when I started, um, I think I was uh, in the channel. I think I was about twenty two, twenty three, twenty two or twenty three. And at that time, you barely know who you are, let alone who you want the world to see you as, right? And so when I started traveling, um, it's difficult to always remain, you know, true to yourself and who you are. And especially if there's alcohol involved and, or you're, you know, you're just exhausted, right? And, and you want to make sure that you're, you're the, being the best person that you can be um, in your authentic self. But I think, you know, traveling and, and, not understanding who you are as a person can can have an effect on um, your relationships with your friends in the channel, but also with your clients and your partners too. I've I've gone to many events where I just um, you know didn't feel like being there. You know, like where you're just you show up to an event and you're like, no, I actually I'm not here mentally. I don't really want to be here mentally. Um, and you, there's you got to fight through that. I think sometimes, um, but sometimes you can't. And that's okay too. And and just understanding that too. There's there's always challenges because your brand is not it's not a, it's not something you put on for show, right? It's who you actually are on the inside. And sometimes people have a good they can make up and project what they want you to see. Um, I personally am am not someone that's good at that. So I whoever I am on the outside is who I am on the inside. And so um, sometimes it's not always the best. <laughs> I'm not always in my best form. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. You are not a psychopath, right? You are. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you not. Are, you are exactly who you pretend to be. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I really, uh, I wish I had that ability. I think it's like a superpower to, to shield uh, yourself, your true uh, feelings and, and thoughts and um, emotions sometimes. But I uh, haven't figured that one out yet. Still learning. What was the poet that said there are there are three versions of yourself that always exist? What the world sees, what your friends and family see, and what you know to be true. It's like, and all of them are different. I forget. I remember reading that in high school. I think um, yeah, and then there's like a, a whole like psychology around that and astrology too. Like oh, you're this sign is what you project <laughs> out. I don't go into yeah. that though. I won't go into that. I'll say it right now. I astrology feels like complete BS to me. So if you're listening and you 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 want to debate that in my in my LinkedIn DMs, you find me on LinkedIn and I will. There is nothing about the positioning of the planets that should impact. You know. All right, here I guess hotter take, hotter take. I think life is an incredibly hard thing, right? It's uh, there's a philosopher said it's like the hardest and longest thing you'll ever do is live. That's it. But like full stop. Uh, and life. 100 years ago was harder and 100 years ago was way harder. So it's like everyone has this innate tendency, I want to say, maybe desire at some at some level to uh, s- ascribe and attribute the things that happen to them and the things that they do to things that are outside of their c- control, mm-hmm. especially if they disagree with the outcome that ends up getting them to. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting people going through hardships. That's real, but I am discounting. There are Specifically, it might just be the you know the the, the crap that I'm fed through inst- Instagram reels and everyone gets on TikTok and YouTube. It's like it feels like people are more willing to say this was this was out of my control. I can't impact it. And 
personally, there's, there's a set of books that actually we give every Finn employee if they ask. Um, and one of them is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And I'll sum up the entire book for you so you don't need to go read it. Uh, it basically says um, there are things that are outside of your control. There are things that are inside of your control. In both cases, if you just pretend that you can control them, you'll probably end up at a better, in a better place. So if you pretend that you can control it, like, what would I do if I can control this? Go do that thing. What would I do if I am in charge of this outcome? Go do that. And you'll probably just end up in a better result. You'll probably accomplish more of the things that you're genuinely dedicated to. You'll probably feel better about your own accomplishments and, and what you're able to do for yourself and your family. It's like, that's just my worldview is in any case, let's just take responsibility for it and pretend we, or pretend we can at the very least. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. You are going to get some hate mail though. I just pre-prepared for yourself. I, uh, I also don't follow astrology, but I, if someone wants to, that's cool for them, but you're just go hot, hot, hot take. <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, I for do those need to of read you, that book though. It sounds very good. It is very good. For, for those of you listening or watching that are planning on debating that, uh, you need to know one thing. Bring facts to the conversation because my opinion trumps yours. So if you come with an opinion, awesome. That's your opinion. You go take it and put it wherever you want. Bring some facts. Bring some data. Bring some information we can discuss. And I will very, very honestly dive into that conversation. So that's it. For, um, for folks who wanted to connect with you or with ScalePad to learn a little bit more, how would you suggest they do that? Yeah, so we've got uh, an email that you can use. It's community at scalepad.com, and that reaches me and a couple of other individuals. Um, you can also uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, super active there, and I uh, would love to, to chat if you'd like. Not about astrology, though. Definitely not about astrology. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. For folks listening or watching, thanks for joining us. We'll have links to uh, all of that information in the show notes so you can connect with uh, Andrea and you can connect with ScalePad and see what it's all about. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for being here. It was great chatting with you and I'm um, sure we'll see you on another episode at some point. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.